With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. America, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're doing great. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, so a tire buying should be. Um, I'm going to get to last night's game in a moment, but... As you just heard from our good friend, Dan Beyer, and by the way, when you're driving around Sunday, um, you should turn on Fox Sports Radio. You should always have us on, but Beyer does a great job, and I just, I really enjoy the way in which you guys, Dan, do your show, uh, because you have to, one, kind of recap the little things, the important things from the first games of the day, the one o'clock Eastern start time games. Meanwhile, you're talking about the four o'clock Eastern start time games, <laughs> but you're, you're not like I've, I've listened to other radio shows during that same time span. They're like, Oh, did you see that? Oh man. They, like you can't see that. Sorry. I, I can't see anything because I'm not actually watching that. Then anyway, uh, point being, um, but before we get tonight is the first no, it's not the first night of Hanukkah. No, it's not Halloween. Although this is a weird Halloween kind of landing spot, right? Halloween's on a Tuesday. So as I've been told by my daughter, like this is Halloween weekend. Like when did Halloween become like a four day weekend? But apparently anyway, or five day weekend. The Graham, you think? I think Instagram is, is a major reason that Halloween has become the holiday of holidays and it's no longer a day. It's every weekend leading up to it is the costume party and you take pictures and put it on social. It's, it's changed the dynamic of an entire holiday. I, I also think there's another part to it, right? Which is any outfit a woman can wear can be a sexy whatever. Like that's right. Like you could literally do if you're a woman, it's not really that hard to to you know you just you hike up the skirt, you throw on you know glasses, so you do the librarian thing, you put your hair up, and it's like, what are you? Well, I'm a sexy librarian. Well, I'm a sexy waitress. I'm a sexy hostess. I'm a sexy actress. I'm you know. Whereas guys, I think most guys take Halloween to be funny. 
It's really interesting, the metamorphosis of, of Halloween, right? It was, it's supposed to, I mean, really, it's El Dia de, de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead, which is actually the second this year I saw. It's not actually the day after. I don't really understand that element of it. But it's, it, it was supposed to be kind of like celebrating the, like, well, I don't know, celebrating, but you get dressed up as things that scare you. It's always supposed to be a scary holiday. Trick or treat. But it feels like there's a lot less scary things now. It's all about, for women, about, you know, for little kids, it's cute and funny and sweet. But then once you get to, like, 18 plus, now all of a sudden everything has to be about being sexy. And then for guys, it's about being funny. It's about being funny. And then there's this weird kind of landing spot, like, between when you're, like, 13 and 16, where it's really not a holiday for you. Like, like once you go, you can't go trick or treating once your voice gets deeper. Trick or treat. Like, excuse me. Anyway, the World Series starts tonight. Now, I will point out that when the Dodgers were in the World Series and won it, right? If you remember, that was during COVID, and or that was post COVID. That was the COVID year, the shortened season, whatever. It was actually a really enjoyable Halloween. Not because people, that was the year people went out and they kind of went out sort of tepidly or whatever, but it was like one of the first holidays where people were going out of their house and it was on, in Southern California, even in Orange County where I live, which is technically sort of Angels territory, everybody had on a Dodgers game. So I guess Tuesday, do they play, they must play Tuesday night, right? I guess Tuesday that could still be the case during Halloween where people have baseball on. But this is a weird world. It's, it, it, it's funny. Like what's changed about Halloween is the same thing that's changed about the World Series. Like, I mean, we all grew up. We're all about sort of the same age, aren't we? I mean, Byer, Byer can you remember? Can, can you remember? Um, can you remember a, a, a World Series that you didn't watch? And I... I, I'm guessing you're going to watch tonight. It's, it's weird. Falling on a Friday night is weird because Friday night is, you know, high school football. And this is big high school football time, um, especially in the state of Texas, right, where, where this is taking place tonight. It's big high school football time. But at least it's not competing against college football or the NFL tonight. So weird. It's just an odd time. And it's, it's I've been trying to tell friends and most of my friends in baseball have uh, have told me this and we've all echoed it like the game is great and more fun and shorter and super talented but this is gonna be a hard one to like it's friday night i got tickets to a concert tonight you know would i rather do that or rather watch the world series whereas when i was a kid i can't remember a time in which i didn't watch the world series there was also a time doug when the NFL wouldn't schedule a game on Sunday night because of the start of the World Series. The World Series, we used to go from like a Sunday, and then if there was a Game 7, the next Sunday. But on Game 1 of the World Series on, say, that Sunday night, there would not be an NFL game. Maybe it would be Game 2, or but they wouldn't schedule it. Now, if you had a Game 7, the following week you would have conflicts for Sunday night football. But there was a time that the NFL wouldn't compete with the World Series. Leave that window alone for Major League Baseball. 
Yeah, it's interesting. The, the NFL, and then remember, they, the NFL tried to not compete on Christmas Day for the most part, right, with the NBA. Sure. And the NFL is like, yeah, now we're good. We're, we're going we're gonna to just smash everybody. Just smash everybody. That's generally their game plan. Generally their game plan. Can you remember, uh, Jay Stu, a, a World Series that you didn't watch? Oh, no. I, don't, I, I never missed the World Series. Uh, but I am... I don't remember the last time I was less interested in watching, but I will watch. I love the sport, and something good always happens. There's always good stories. It's just such a dud going in, you know. Yeah, Lorena, you're, you're, um, Lorena, you're, you're not as old as us farts are, right? Yeah, no, I'm 31 today. I, I Whoa! Was, happy I birthday! Was, happy you. birthday! Thank you. Happy happy birthday! You, we didn't. And by the way, just so Your we present is the gift of work. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's in the mail. It's in the. It's in the. It's in the mail from somebody else. Um, okay, so you're you're of a clearly different generation than all of us. How? Where does the world see? But you did when you were. I mean, it's not that long. I guess it was pretty long ago, right? Two thousand three. So twenty years ago, I think was peak baseball. Is that? Byer, would you agree with that? Would you guys agree with that? Like, I feel like when Red Sox-Yankees, the first year when the Red Sox collapsed and Pedro went back out there for the seventh, and then the next year, like, that was peak baseball. It was when I first started out in this industry, and it was everything. And now part of it was I was in the Northeast. We were in Connecticut working at ESPN. I get it. So 20 years ago, you're a kid. Did it resonate with you? Uh, Yeah, you know, sports never really resonated with me. To be honest, I don't know if it was the location or what, but I never watched baseball or any of that. So weird. I know. Crazy. I'm not saying you're weird. I'm saying that's just, it's just interesting on how generationally it's changed. Yeah, because it's so prevalent to you and, you know, the guys. And I'm just like, nah. Right. Like, if I were to ask, this is a real thing. Like, if you were to tell me, hey, what are the five biggest sports moments that you can remember in your lifetime? You know, I mean, obviously, with my basketball background, there's probably more basketball or 10 biggest, whatever. I mean, the ball going through Buckner's leg, Kirk Gibson's home run, um, the home run chase between McGuire and Sosa when I was in college. I mean, literally, what, Lorena, this is a real thing, and I think Byron, Jay Stu, you guys can attest to this. We all knew they were on steroids, like athletes at least. I don't know if you guys knew. Like, all of us were like, no way. An athlete knows what a dude on steroids looks like. And if you knew Sammy Sosa was a platoon player to being the most prodigious home run hitter uh, during, during that, that, that span of time. All of that said, like, I'm in college. It's the fall. It's college football season. You're on a college campus. And everyone I know, every time those guys came up, we watched. We watched. Byer, were you the same way? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was must-see. I, I would also say this, and maybe because I wasn't a top-level athlete, I felt the narrative back then of the ball being juiced was more prevalent in like the late 90s. But that was because we felt that Major League Baseball wanted to win us back from the uh, the work stoppage right. You know, a few years prior. Not saying that we were shocked because Barry Bonds' head was enormous and Mark McGuire was always a big guy, but he was huge. But I also remember the the juiced ball sort of argument that was there. Well, the the thing that people forget too about the '98 season is that that's when we added the D backs and the Devil Rays, 
And whenever you expanded, you had, um, you know, worse pitching, a pool of worse pitching. Every expansion year, if you go back to it, there's always an uptick in home runs and hitting because of the watered-down pitching. So it was a perfect storm of an expansion year. This, uh, I think what you're talking about, the juiced-up balls, and then all the players were on roids. I just, I, and... Uh, I remember the Royd thing. I remember because remember he had the Andro in his locker. Yeah, and um, and I mean it was pretty obvious that that was like a that was like a, a beard, if you will, to cover up that he was uh, on the juice, and that's what we later found out. He later came clean about. Um, but you, you are right, Bayer. There all, and and Jay Stu. There was all those things kind of combined. My point was more like baseball was everything for a. Good period of time, even if you weren't a baseball guy. Right? Like baseball was cool. And then now when baseball actually, I think it's a, a, a much more fun, enjoyable sport to watch. And there's a ton of talent. Uh, I, the, the numbers tonight are not going to be good. And these will probably be the best numbers of the series. And it's so frustrating because you, you assume that the most eyes are going to be on the World Series regardless. And you just don't have your best product out there. It's just like a continuation of baseball kind of shooting itself in the foot. Start on a Friday night with two teams that people aren't interested in. Well, what are they supposed to do? You mean to get the best representation in the World Series? Well, in terms of starting on a Friday night, that's a Fox decision. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's, honestly, that's a Fox decision. That's uh, Michael Mulville, right? I mean, those guys, it is actually their job to calculate what start time, what time of, you know, start time and what day gives them the best possible chance of getting the biggest possible audience. And so I'm guessing that like, they probably calculate like Saturday night, we're going to get, you know, we're, we're going to get crushed. And if Monday night we get crushed and Sunday night we're, you know, even though bears chargers, not a great game, people watch the bears and they watch football. And they're watching for gambling. They're watching for fantasy football. And they're watching to see the dumpster fire that sometimes becomes the L.A. Chargers, right? They just do. I'm guessing there's also a calculation in that. Don't we have a good Monday night football game this week? I think that... Um, Gosh. I think that plays into it, too. Game three is Monday. Lions-Raiders, that's who it is. Oh, okay. Never mind. We don't have a good... Um, (laughs) the, the, The conflicts. There is only one... Monday night is the only night. There's no World Series game on Sunday. There is no... Uh, conflict on Thursday night football and game seven would fall on a, a week from Saturday. And then tomorrow's game tomorrow's game is 5.03 West Coast start time. So you're only competing against in college football. Ohio State, Wisconsin is on NBC. I, 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 I would guess Ohio State, Wisconsin will beat it. Do we care about Colorado anymore? Is that, is that conflicting with the World Series? That's yes. that'd be interesting, right? Colorado, who's four and three, taking on UCLA and Ohio State, Wisconsin, and that can be interesting to see what people watch. I mean, personally, I, I'd watch Ohio State, Wisconsin. Yeah. I think that game that game's going to be really interesting. Plus, it's Ohio State national. UCLA, name. Colorado's on ESPN, right? It's, it's the ABC. Game. Oh, it is ABC. Okay. So it's ABC, okay. Fox, well, and and ABC, Fox, and NBC. Those are the those are the big ones. I don't know what's on CBS. Uh, I don't think CBS has a game at that time, but it's gonna be interesting. I don't know. I just I, I love the World Series. I love baseball. 
This one's going to be a tough one for me to sell. You know, you're right about the 20 years ago thing. Um, I think that the Red Sox not winning and always losing was a story. Yep. When they won, that was taken off. The Cubs yep. winning in 2016. White Sox? Yeah, I don't think we got as much. L- lesser, of the, I know, yeah. but it's it's weird, right? The, the the White Sox streak of futility was longer, I believe, than the Red Sox. But... But Not we never covered. called them the lovable losers no, like we the didn't. Cubs were. Yeah, yeah. So that goes away. Uh, interleague play, I mean, this is a season where we had everybody play everybody. Yeah. I thought that there was some magic of not of having no idea how these two teams would match up against each other. Yeah. And having no prior history. I think that, that is that was part of it as well. And honestly, to Jason's point, when you have a story like Let's say the Atlanta Braves throughout this entire season and Ronald Acuna Jr. and his play. To not have that story continue throughout the postseason, yeah, makes the Rangers and Diamondbacks feel like some Johnny come latelys. That you're no, not there's as no question. I, I, my thing is, like, I don't know. But it's like baseball can't control that, right? It's like we can't. can't it's, well, it's, the NCAA, can, it's like the NCAA it's, tournament. It's yeah. like the NCAA tournament last year. Like, I love San Diego State, but dude, are you kidding me? San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, um, obviously UConn, who won the national championship, and who's the, who's the other team? I remember who the other team was. Who was the other team? Um, <laughs> uh, Guys, of who, course who, it was who, Florida Miami, Atlantic. And Miami. Miami. Miami and UConn, yeah. of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I you two can't, from South Florida. Yeah, you can't control it. I don't know. Well, was, yeah. Parody in college basketball, I think, is more prevalent than in Major League Baseball. Is um, it? Yes, because you play one game. It's one and done. In baseball, well, you mean talking about upsets. Upsets are, right. I don't know if parody, yeah. I don't know if I'd, I'd use the term. Maybe it's parody. the wrong term. But. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, but like, look, you, you can't, it's, it's one of those, everybody wants more teams involved at the end of the season or baseball does and it makes it more interesting everybody wants like the wild card and everybody says they want the upset and this is true with college basketball as well though everybody says they want the upset and the Cinderella and then the Cinderella wins you're like yeah I don't really want to watch them anymore I'm good I just I liked when Maryland you know Maryland Baltimore County beat Virginia but I never want to watch them play basketball ever again I like the upset I don't want to root I like rooting against the the big boy um you know, with, with David, but I don't actually want to follow David's career after he slays Goliath. I like who David play next after he beat Goliath. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what his next game was. I mean, he was, he was very tired. He was at Steve. I think he was at Steve. It was a back to back. It was a back to back. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think the bookmakers took into account that you're coming off that big win. Steve was an easy pick as the underdog. That's where it was. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So we did have um, Thursday Night Football last night. And uh, Mark Dominic is going to join us in a second. I thought this, uh, here's the call of the Hail Mary on WGR 550 Bills Radio Network. Mayfield back to pass, pocket collapsing, steps up, heaves it down the field. This is going to reach the end zone, and it's incomplete. Godwin turned around a little too late, but he was in the vicinity to make the catch. He did not, and the game is over. I mean... It was the weirdest thing I can remember where, yeah, there's all kinds of hand fighting and Godwin's getting pulled on or whatever. And you could have called PI. They never do. But it was like he wasn't looking. Maybe it's because he got turned around. I mean, honestly, he got grabbed and ring around the rosy, but he didn't really look for the football. Uh, Just crazy craziness. Let's welcome in um, Mark Dominic. He spent 20 years in the National Football League scouting front offices, general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You watch the Bucs lose on that. Uh, I mean, they didn't lose on the Hail Mary, but they could have won them the game. There's this uh, sense from most NFL people that they never call P.I. on a Hail Mary. But that one seemed pretty egregious. Should it have been called? Yeah, they rarely ever do. You're right, Doug. And, you know, as you watched it live, it felt awkward. When you watch the replay, it looked bad. And so, it, it, but even live, I was like, ooh, that was close. And I could see, boy, you could call a flag there if you wanted to. But the officials are instructed to try not to lose a game on the final play when the success rate is so low. 
especially the way that we obviously handle pass interference at the professional level. So I saw pass interference. I mean, he did have his hands on him. I understand there was a no call, and the reality is what you tell your team at the end of that game is we shouldn't be able to be relying on an official and having to throw the ball 60 yards down the field to win a game. That's not how it should be, and so that's usually what coaches talk to the team about afterwards, even though there was a real possibility there, and it could have been called. Mark Dominic joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so what's your takeaway on the Bills, right? I mean, I obviously they found something in terms of a third down wide receiver, third down pass catcher in Dalton, Dalton Knox, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And looked good in the first half. Kind of fell asleep at the wheel in the second half. Uh, when, when when you evaluate the Bills, who've had this up and down last month, what's your takeaway? Yeah, I was the same way. I mean, I felt like the Bills were kind of in cruise control there for a little bit, and especially when it was up 24 to well, – it was, uh, Dave Davis caught the ball towards the back of the end zone. I was like, okay, the Bills are going to pull this game away, and they just never really did when they needed to. And, you know, that's kind of a surprise to me because I felt like Buffalo was moving pretty good in all cylinders. Baker was elusive yesterday. I mean, he avoided the sack from Leonard Floyd where he should have got knocked down. Baker was able to create extra time, and, and because of that, it gave the Bucks a chance to sit around and, and battle and, and fight for staying on the field and staying through the, the play. Again, once again, I'd say the Bills, what happened is in, it hurt them the week before and it hurt them again this week, but they won. It's they're not finishing drives in the red zone very well, and they're leaving points on the field that are not converting into touchdowns, and that's costing the Bills. And It almost did last night. It certainly did the week before, and that's why the Buffalo Bills have been a team that's that in moments looks great and could be an AFC contender, and at moments says, boy, they're going to make the postseason, but they might lose week one. And so until they find two things, number one, how to finish off drives, and, and I think number two is do they get involved in the trade as much as I like James Cook? Do they consider something massive like a Derrick Henry a move like that? You know, I, I don't think it's the worst idea to actually have the conversation to see what they're looking for. What is Derrick Henry's value? I would say because you're going to lose him at the end of the year to free agency more than likely. Uh, I think a third-round pick is probably maybe you get, might get a two for Derrick Henry. You think about Christian McCaffrey went for that. Uh, I'd say you'd probably be asking for a two. I mean, you're asking for a one, Doug, but you're probably hoping to get a two, understanding that if you want to move him, you'd probably take a three. Okay, where does he fit with the best? Well, I think he's, you know, I think you got to look at the teams that are in the hunt, right? I think that's obviously the number one thing you do. And so once you start to do that, you could say, could the Buffalo Bills? I don't think Miami, he's a fit in what Miami does from a octane, high octane offense. He could fit the Baltimore Ravens. I know that they've got Gus Edwards, he's done a good job. But I also realize that the Ravens could be a, a really good fit for him and kind of put him in there. I don't think Cleveland will because I think they're going to stick with Kareem Hunt and such. Uh, so then when you start to think about other teams, it's it's hard for me to find that other team that I think is a really good fit uh, for him. Other than those two, I don't you know I don't think he. I mean, could he go to Minnesota and then play in Minnesota now that Dalvin Cook's up there and Madison's played average? I guess if you're looking at NFC, could the Vikings kind of make a move here to try to get their season back on order now that it's three and four? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of people talk about Dallas, and and my my thing with Dallas is this, and maybe to a certain extent with with Minnesota as well. Minnesota, right? That's that stretch zone run game. I don't know. Does he fit that? You know, right? That's that's really a, a one cut. Um, and but at least he'd get the ball. But my question with Dallas is, he'd be splitting time with Tony Pollard, and I feel like he's a guy who he needs to establish a rhythm, needs to get twenty five carries. And I don't know if you get that, and if you get the real Derrick Henry, is that fair? 
Yeah, I think that's exactly the way I'd see it. I think if you're going to make this move, you've got to commit to getting the ball in his hands 20 times. That's handing the ball off, not catching the ball, but physically hand, and letting him use his size to wear opponents down. I mean, I've been next to Derrick Henry without pads on, and he's massive. With pads on, it's, 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 it doesn't even make sense. It's illogical if you ever saw him with pads on, thinking that he's a running back. So, uh, you know, could it work for Dallas? It would. I think you've got to say, hey, Tony, you know, you've done a good job here, but, you know, we're handing the ball over to this young man. He's he's going to carry the load the rest of the way, and you might get some mop-up catches or you might play a little bit of third down, but this is Derrick Henry's team, and I think that's the way you got to look at it. And that's where, again, I, Baltimore's not been a team that's done a ton of it, but it sure would fit, I think, Harbaugh, what he likes to do, and really make it hard on defenses when you're starting to think about what Lamar Jackson could do, uh, obviously what he could do with Andrews, with the vertical press that they have. It, it would make Baltimore a very difficult out this year. Um, what's changed with Baltimore's offense that now it's starting to seemingly click with Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could say because I don't think a lot has really truly changed in terms of their football team. I think what you've seen here from them is they've played a couple defenses that haven't you know haven't been as good as the other ones. Like obviously Detroit's defense is not playing to the level they want to. They're giving up a lot of yards, and the Titans haven't played as good a defense as, they, as I think we've seen in the past. So I think it's more the, the opponents that they're playing. And so, again, they're going to go against Arizona this week, Seattle's average. So they're fortunate right now that I think you're going to see a run here all the way up to the bye week where you should see the Ravens scoring the 20s and 30s every week because I don't think anybody's got a defense that's quite strong enough unless the Bengals can really start to kind of hammer it in a little bit more uh, that's going to be able to slow down this Baltimore offense. So I think it's opponent-driven, but I also think that they're obviously gaining confidence through the season, and they just had the one really kind of rough, rough game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark Dominic joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We're live at the Tyrac.com studios. Um, I want to play for you something. The, the Chargers have had, uh, so far, a disappointing start to their season. And this was Austin Eckler asked about his head coach, Brandon Staley. Their faith still in what, what Brandon Staley is. We have no choice, right? I mean, you have no choice. Yeah, yeah, we have faith. Okay. Yeah. Cool. This is our team. This is who we're riding with. It's all the way to the end. You know, good or bad, ugly, all the way to the end. So it it was, at first it was like, what choice do we have? Which I understand is like matter of fact, like, like, what are we going to change coaches? There is a certain, like, the people want guys fired midseason. Like, you're, so you're going to fire the head coach, essentially defensive coordinator. You're, 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 you're telling you this, telling everybody the season's over, right? On the other hand, it wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement of his coach. No, it wasn't. I, I felt the same way when I heard that and read that. Uh, I felt the same way. Like, that's, that's not really what you want to say. You know, the quick thing you'd think most players would be like, hey, we've just all got to execute better and play better as a football team. We can't let these games get away with Because we've had, you know, we've had three really tough losses by three points or less. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a grind of a season. I think – I think uh, it was not the headline you're looking for. And, and I think the next two weeks are going to tell you everything about this team. Uh, they play the Bears, they play the Jets, two teams that they should beat. And yet the, I know the Bears played well last week, and we're going to see what they do. And I know the Jets have put together a, a solid season now. But if the Chargers are the team I thought they were, Doug, prior to the season, and, and what I thought they could be, and what I predicted to be a playoff team, they've got to beat the Bears and Jets. If they don't, then the, the, this, this is going to swirl because the reality is their schedule gets really tough as it gets down to, towards the end of the season. And I think that you know whether Tom Telesco, the GM, survives, which usually they do, but you don't know because Tom's been there for a long time, that you realize that there's going to be a change. And so I think these two games are really going to be the thing that the family's looking at 
at the Chargers and Spandles families looking at to say, okay, we need to beat the teams we can beat for sure, and that's the Bears and the Jets. And if they don't do that these two next weeks, then I think change will happen in, in, in the Chargers land. No, I don't think there's any there's any doubt. They lose those two games. There's there's heads heads will proverbially roll. Uh, you're allowed to tell me if I'm crazy. We have a good enough relationship. You can go like, dude, you're nuts. But I I don't know. I think Sam Donald gives the Niners a better chance to win a Super Bowl than Brock Purdy does. And now Purdy was at practice yesterday, but he's still in concussion protocol. Am I crazy? And and here's the logic behind it. I think when they're on, you know, when they're ahead of the chains, when they don't get behind the sticks, when they're ahead in the game, like Brock Purdy, the ball goes where it's supposed to go. He's accurate. He's safe. He's smart. But I just, when they're down a guy, when they're down a touchdown, you need somebody who can go, you know, throw somebody open. And I think that's Darnold. Am I crazy? Yeah, you're crazy. I mean, we're, we're pretty good friends. Uh, but I think that's crazy. Uh, and, and I understand what you're saying in terms of Sam Darnold having more, uh, I think, you know, obviously traits. Yeah. That's why Sam Darnold went so high to the Jets is because all the traits checked out. Brock Purdy has where it matters the most, and I think he's got the heart, and I think that's more critical. And I agree with you, and I've said this all along with the 49ers, and it's coming to fruition a little bit. They have to be a team that stays healthy. They cannot suffer injuries because it's funny how just if Debo Samuel or Christian Mc, like it, it, as people peel off. It's house of cards. It's house of cards. It is right, I mean, and he's oh, so okay. So is he is he Chad Pennington? Is that who Purdy is? Is he Chad? Is he? Was, was Pennington more talented, less talented? Is he Chad Pennington? I think Chad, again, had more physical tools. I think Brock Purdy's got, you know, the, the part you just can't measure. And I think Brock Purdy's got this. Right. I mean, think about in his career, like, you know, obviously he's, he's lost these last two games, or the 49ers have lost these last two games, but – I mean, he's what ten and ten or twelve and two as a starter in the National Football League, and they were scoring prior to that. It was scoring thirty points a game, forty points a game. So this has just been a hiccup for them because he's not a hundred percent, and the offense isn't rolling. And then now you start to see some of these starters come out. But I don't think it's if you put Sam Darnold in, the same things happen. I think you're going to get even worse results. Okay, so I'm crazy. Well, you're not the first person to call me crazy. You just you're not. You you won't you you won't you won't be the last. That's that's it. You just you won't. You won't be the last. That that that's exactly. Right. Um, last thing, Deshaun Watson. Um, my my thought on it is, look, I I understand we carry in all this baggage and bias against him, but I don't know. Do we really think he doesn't want to play football? I, I I find that one hard to believe. I think, I think some of the body language stuff is because he feels all the pressure of the contract of the off the field stuff of people. Suddenly he was beloved. As you know, you were in the league when he was drafted, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, there was, there was no negative check marks against him. Can you combine none? And now all of a sudden it's hard to find people who think positive things of it. What do you think of what's going on in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson? I have a hard time. What you're saying is what I, I struggle with as well. Like, I don't think it's a, he doesn't like to play the game anymore. Or he's lost his love of the game. Um, you know, I can't explain why his accuracy is so inconsistent. I mean, he's only had one decent game against the Titans. Everything else was pretty rough, as we've seen. And, you know, obviously he could barely play this last week against uh, Indy through five balls, I think, right, with just the one completion. And the, funny, the, the worst part is Walker's coming in. It's not like Walker's playing well. He's coming in there completing less passes and turning the ball over even more frequently, and they're still winning because the defense is winning right now. And that's really the difference is, is they're winning on special teams, they're winning on defense, they're not winning on offense. I can't explain to Sean Watson. I want to see more body of work. I can't imagine him falling out of love of football. 
Uh, it just doesn't, you know, usually it doesn't happen that way. And there's so much that you want to prove that I'm going to go with the continuing to like he's beating himself up too much and not just letting the past or the past player, the past game go. But, you know, if he has an entire season where his touchdown to interception ratio is, you know, 20 touchdowns, 19 interceptions or 17 interceptions, I think there's going to be some talk in Cleveland about, like, is there a way that we could trade this guy and move on, especially with this quarterback class that's coming in? I think it could be a discussion, which sounds crazy, just two years into this deal, but it's uh, it's certainly – it's not the Deshaun Watson I remember seeing in Houston at all, and no. I think we all agree with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe that's – maybe Carolina? That would be the only place I could – or Atlanta, right? Two teams that were supposedly right. interested before. Um, and it's only then it only becomes a three year deal. Who 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 knows? Uh, Mark, great stuff. Let's talk next week. Appreciate you calling me a crazy when I deserve it. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, brother. We're week. in the Enjoy we're again. in the we're in the final stretch to get tickets for horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best headed to Santa Anita Breeders' Cup World Championships, November third and fourth. Countdown begins now. Get your tickets today at breederscup.com. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at three p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Happy Friday to you here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. And game time is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection, just one place. Bundle and save, Progressive.com. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right there, Dan Byer. What's the game today? Doug, the game today is... Psychic. All right, Psychic. Uh, We know you got picks coming up later in the show, so we'll dive into some other aspects that we can look ahead to. Will Justin Fields, Psychic, get his starting job back in Chicago? Justin Fields going to miss his second straight start against the Chargers on Sunday night, so Tyson Bagent gets the start for the Bears. Will Justin Fields get his starting job back? Um... well, like this weekend or this eventually season. this season? Yeah, yes, yes. Mm, interesting. Yes, they win this weekend. I think we've got a full blown quarterback controversy in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, everything I've heard of of agent is that like he can he just does not have elite arm talent, and ultimately that'll get exposed. And we we've seen backups come in and look much better than their start starting counterpart. And at some point, then the clock strikes midnight. Maybe this is me hell hoping I'm going to the game. I'm just hoping the chargers find a way. I don't know. All right. I, so, I, well, who would you, if you're a charger fan, wouldn't you rather see, I would, I'd rather see Justin Fields, honestly. I, I felt that there was a very positive vibe around the Chicago bears. And Bajent getting the game ball in the locker room and all of that stuff. Now, maybe it's all hokey, um, but I believe that there is a positive vibe going on in Chicago right now. I don't okay. know if Tyson Bajent is the answer, but I think that we now know Justin that Justin Fields just, and I feel is not the answer. Correct. Correct. I, I'm with that. Psychic, will a big NFL name be traded prior to Tuesday's trade deadline? Yes. Mm. Yes. I mean, I'll means what does a big name mean first let's remember somebody's going to get hurt right? i mean derrick henry is the name everybody's pointing at but i mean there's also quarterbacks that could be moved as well and you look at his quarterback potentially right because it looks like will levis is going to get the start there and um but like look around the league and we have a clear have and have nots uh, I don't know if Carolina has any big enough names to to move stuff around. They've moved some guys already. Uh, Packers at two and four. If they lose to the Vikings, that could be a little bit of a fire sale as they prepare for the future. Um, Arizona, you know, Kyler Murray's not on their injury report anymore. What what happens there? Uh, Denver, of course, there are some big name players on Denver's team, and they're t- and it's. I, I don't think the Chargers wave the white flag, but they lose at home to the Bears and they're two and five and the divisions run away from them. I don't know. There's some, so, some of that might not be crazy. I, yes, I, there will be a big name player traded. All right, Psychic. We got some good throwbacks coming out this weekend. Seahawks mm. going to be wearing theirs. The Titans wearing the Oilers, Oilers throwbacks. Yeah, yeah. Will any NFL team Psychic turn to their throwbacks as a full-time uniform in the near future. Obviously, it takes a while for the NFL to make a uniform change, but What's what's a near future? Well, just, you know, in the next couple of years, like will will one uniform become so popular, like will the Eagles just go back to Kelly Green because of how well it was received on Sunday night? Do you see this happening with an NFL team? I do. I do. I do um, as well. I agree. My psychic, psychic powers are struggling to find which team I, I like I think Tampa's a maybe. 
the creamsicles have been so well regarded. I think Tampa, the, the ones I, I are most likely are Kelly Green um, Eagles. Yep, I think that one is a um, real possibility. The Giants, the the Giants, sure. Phil McConkey, Phil Sims, <laughs> throwbacks, and then the the Tampa Buccaneers. Some may say Lawrence Taylor. Doug goes Phil Sims and Phil McConkie. I like yeah. that. I like that. Even a Bavaro reference could have been Mark good. Bavaro, yeah. Uh, I think there's a McRib aspect to this. McDonald's McRib. Do you, I agree. Do you get, get that yeah. analogy? Yes, 100%. In a limited time, it's very much desired. But full time, you might get sick of it. Literally, you might get sick after you eat it. <laughs> the I think the Eagles really, and they could wear their throwbacks to honor you know their Super Bowl win that they had you know against the Patriots. I do think that one's a, a real possibility. All right, Doug. Will the or excuse me, psychic. Last one. Will the World Series go seven games? Um, my psychic powers tell me six games. Oh, okay. Six games. Will President Bush throw a strike or a ball tonight on strike. the first pitch? Strike. Come on. Paint, I mean, this, paint this the is corners. not. Yeah, he, he's probably going to paint the corners. It will not have the same zip it had after 9 11. But I think if we know anything about George W. Bush, he's going to throw a strike. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Have to throw from the mound too, right? Like you can't, you can't be George Bush and not throw from the mound. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Who do you need to bet on this weekend? We'll tell you next on the Doug Gottlieb show. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 